0: Section 18 of Junior Classics, Volume 4 Heroes and Heroines of Chivalry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Junior Classics, Volume 4 Heroes and Heroines of Chivalry by William Patton. The Mabinogion, Part 3. Gawain's Adventure in Search of Owain. It befell that, as Gawain went forth one day with King Arthur, he perceived him to be very sad and sorrowful. And Gawain was much grieved to see Arthur in this state, and he questioned him, saying, O my lord, what has befallen thee? In sooth, Gawain, said Arthur, I am grieved concerning Owain, whom I have lost these three years, and I shall certainly die if the fourth year pass without my seeing him." Now I am sure that it is through the tale which Kinon, the son of Cleidno, related, that I have lost Owain. There is no need for thee, said Gawain, to summon to arms thy whole dominions on this account, for thou thyself and the men of thy household will be able to avenge Owain if he be slain, or to set him free if he be in prison, and if alive, to bring him back with thee. And it was settled according to what Gawain had said. Then Arthur and the men of his household prepared to go and seek Owain, and Kinon, the son of Cleedno, acted as their guide. And Arthur came to the castle where Kinon had been before, and when he came there, the youths were shooting in the same place, and the yellow man was standing hard by. When the yellow man saw Arthur, he greeted him, and invited him to the castle. Arthur accepted his invitation, and they entered the castle together. Great as was the number of his retinue, their presence was scarcely observed in the castle— So vast was its extent, and the maidens rose up to wait on them. The service of the maidens appeared to them all to excel any attendants they had ever met with, and even the pages, who had charge of the horses, were no worse served that night than Arthur himself would have been in his own palace. The next morning Arthur set out thence, with Kenon for his guide, and came to the place where the black man was. And the stature of the black man was more surprising to Arthur than it had been represented to him. They came to the top of the wooded steep, and traversed the valley, till they reached the green tree, where they saw the fountain, and the bowl, and the slab. And upon that Kay came to Arthur, and spoke to him. "'My lord,' said he, "'I know the meaning of all this, and my request is that thou wilt permit me to throw the water on the slab, and to receive the first adventure that may befall.' And Arthur gave him leave. Then Kay threw a bowlful of water upon the slab, and immediately there came the thunder, and after the thunder, the shower, and such a thunderstorm they had never known before. After the shower had ceased, the sky became clear, and on looking at the tree, they beheld it completely leafless. Then the birds descended upon the tree, and the song of the birds was far sweeter than any strain they had ever heard before. Then they beheld a knight on a coal-black horse, clothed in black satin, coming rapidly towards them. Kay met him and encountered him, and it was not long before Kay was overthrown. The knight withdrew, and Arthur and his host encamped for the night. When they arose in the morning they perceived the signal of combat upon the lance of the knight. Then one by one all the household of Arthur went forth to combat the knight, until there was not one that was not overthrown by him, except Arthur and Gawain. And Arthur armed himself to encounter the knight. "'O oh, my lord,' said Gawain, "'permit me to fight with him first. And Arthur permitted him, he went forth to meet the knight, having over himself and his horse a satin robe of honour, which had been sent him by the daughter of the Earl of Rangir, and in this dress he was not known by any of the host. And they charged each other, and fought all that day until the evening. And neither of them was able to unhorse the other, and so it was the next day, they broke their lances in the shock, but neither of them could obtain the mastery. The third day they fought with exceeding strong lances, they were incensed with rage, and fought furiously even until noon. They gave each other such a shock that the girths of their horses were broken, so that they fell over their horses' cruppers to the ground. And they rose up speedily and drew their swords, and resumed the combat. All they that witnessed their encounter felt assured that they had never before seen two men so valiant or so powerful. Had it been midnight it would have been light from the fire that flashed from their weapons. And the knight gave Gawain a blow that turned his helmet from off his face, so that the knight saw that it was Gawain. Then Owain said, My lord Gawain, I did not know thee for my cousin, owing to the robe of honour that enveloped thee. Take my sword in my arms. Said Gawain, Thou, Owain, art the victor, take thou my sword. And with that Arthur saw that they were conversing, and advanced towards them. My lord Arthur, said Gawain, here is Owain, who has vanquished me and will not take my arms.' "'My lord,' said Owain, "'it is he that has vanquished me, and he will not take my sword.' "'Give me your sword,' said Arthur. "'And then neither of you has vanquished the other.' Then Owain put his arms round Arthur's neck, and they embraced. All the host hurried forward to see Owain, and to embrace him, and there was nigh being a loss of life, so great was the press. The next day Arthur prepared to depart. "'My lord,' said Owain, It is not well of thee, for I have been absent from thee these three years, and during all that time, up to this very day, I have been preparing a banquet for thee, knowing that thou wouldst come to seek me. Tarry with me, therefore, until thou and thy attendants have recovered the fatigues of the journey, and have been anointed. And they all proceeded to the castle of the Countess of the Fountain, and the banquet which had been three years preparing was consumed in three months. Never had they a more delicious or agreeable banquet." and Arthur prepared to depart. Then he sent an embassy to the Countess, to beseech her to permit Owain to go with him, for the space of three months, that he might show him to the nobles and the fair dames of the island of Britain. And the Countess gave her consent, although it was very painful to her. So Owain came with Arthur to the island of Britain. And when he was once more amongst his kindred and friends, he remained three years, instead of three months, with them. End of Section 18